listening to the Bible 126 show. One of the things John saw in his revelation is the beast's mark that would be given to people by the beast from the sea. This beast coming from the sea represents the Antichrist. He is the one who will oppose Christ and yet simultaneously pose as a false savior. The devil would empower this beast. One of the powers he will get is performing miracles and doing all sorts of things people would like. Lastly, he will come with a mark given to people on their foreheads and their hands. Revelation 13, 16 through to 18. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. John said this mark is the number of men, which is 666. Many people have tried to decode what this number means and attribute it to many things. There are theories that Satan probably used 666 because it is a number that is closer to 777, where 7 stands for perfection. The triple 7 symbolizes the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They are perfect, and thus, the number 7 was used for each. The devil counterfeited it, using a number closer to that to represent his unholy trinity, Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophets. Whatever meaning people give to this number, one sure thing is that it represents the devil. The mark of the beast as an identification number, it shows that one belongs to the devil. The Bible says when the time comes when the Antichrist would issue this number to the world, anyone who doesn't have it will not be able to buy and sell. It is one of the ways the devil will make people get this number. That will push many people to take this mark of the beast. The devil is the master of deceit. He wants people to believe in him. He wants to be able to identify his people and seal them forever to be his own. Just as God sent Jesus Christ to deliver people and perform miracles, Satan will also send his own, the Antichrist, to perform miracles too. Everything Satan does is copied from what God does, but with a twist. Do not be deceived by any of Satan's lies, and don't follow him, because his ways are ways of death. He will come with his mark and make people take it. He will have influential people by his side to enforce the rules and make people take this mark. He will have access to technology, and nothing shall stop him. The mark of the beast is the mark of the devil. It is a mark that indicates that one belongs to the devil. Why would Satan bring a mark like that? It is because Satan loves to do whatever God does. He wants to create what God created. The idea of giving one mark is God's. It happened first in the Old Testament when the Israelites in Egypt used the blood of the Lamb to mark their doors so that the angel of death would not have power over them. 
God also used this mark to separate people who will escape destruction in another place in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 9, 4 And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of men that sigh, and cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. The marks set on these people showed they belonged to God, and they were spared when people were killed for their wickedness. Also, in Revelation, John recorded how God used his seal to mark some people for identification. These people were marked so they could escape tribulations. Revelation 7, 3 and 4 And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. When God wants to separate his people from the rest, he will use a mark. When he wants to spare the lives of his people from destruction, he will use a mark. God's mark carries his name. It is a seal that shows that you are God's own. It is a seal that indicates that you belong to God and nothing has the right to harm you. God came with the idea of putting marks on the foreheads and hands of people who belong to him to show that they are his people. That is why Satan came with his number, to copy God. He wants to identify his people. He wants to show that he has people behind him too. He will make life bearable for these people. Just as God spared those he marked as his own, Satan will spare those he marks. The conditions of life at that time will push many to take this mark. Only those who endure shall be saved. Whatever benefit those with the mark of the beast would enjoy, it will not last. It would be but felt only for a little while. I want us to know that there is no repentance for anyone who takes this mark. The mark is forever. It is an agreement to become Satan's own forever. There is no turning back after taking this mark. If anyone has the idea of taking the mark and then repents, it will not work. It is not written anywhere in the Bible that those who take this mark will repent. What will happen to those who take the mark? These people will identify with Satan forever. They cannot leave. The mark is not something they will use a pen to write on your forehead. It is more of a spiritual significance than physical. It is not an ordinary physical number. It is more profound than that. So, after taking the mark, what happens next? The first is that they will worship the devil. Since they have identified themselves with the devil, they have become Satan's property. They are going to worship the devil. Revelation 13:12. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. Those who have the beast's mark will have access to healing and other miracles. It will make them worship the beast. They will declare the name of the beast and bow to him. They will have access to many things. These people have traded eternal life, for short-term enjoyment, because they couldn't endure till the end. The Bible says those who endure to the end would be saved. These cannot be saved anymore. In fact, 
judgment would come on them, leading us to the second thing that will happen to them. Revelation 14, 9-11 And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into a cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up for ever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Those who take the mark of the beast will face the wrath of God. If we are conversant with the Bible, we should know by now that the wrath of God is not something any man can withstand. We can see the people of the earth lamenting in the Bible when they experienced less than half of God's wrath in Revelation 6, 15-17. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every freeman, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? These people couldn't stand the wrath of God. They told the mountains to fall on them, so that they can stay away from the wrath of God. That is how terrible the wrath of God is. No man can escape the wrath of God. The third angel flying says, Those who have received the mark of the beast on their foreheads and hands will face the wrath of God. That is not all. They will also end in the lake of fire and burn till eternity. The angel also says there will be no rest for them day and night. These people will regret it forever. They will suffer till eternity. They will face eternal torment, and nothing can save them. We all know where Satan will end. He has been judged already. He is doomed to face destruction. He would be thrown into the lake of fire. If Satan goes to this place, his people will follow him too. These times are coming fast. Whatever meaning people give to the mark of the beast doesn't matter. What matters is that those who take this mark will be identified as the children of Satan. They will have the mark of Satan on them. This mark is eternal, and there's no coming back from this mark. It doesn't matter what they try to do. There is no coming back. Once you get the mark, you are gone for good. The next is to prepare for the wrath of God. No one knows when the devil will start giving this mark. But what is certain is that the mark is not yet on earth. People call many things the mark of the beast. Some people say the tattoo some people have on them is the mark of the beast. That is a lie, because it would be evident to the people when the mark comes. The mark is not yet here, but it will soon be here. The Antichrist. He is one, and he is many. John saw a beast that came out of the sea. He also saw that a dragon, Satan, gave power to this beast. This beast is the Antichrist. 
There are many things that John wrote about the Antichrist in Revelation 13. John said that people would worship the beast. This beast represents the Antichrist who is coming in the end. Perhaps you are wondering how one man will be able to control the world so easily that people would bow to him. This man is called the man of sin, the son of perdition, the worthless shepherd, and the prince of darkness. He might just be one man, but he is not alone. He will not work alone. Apart from Satan, who will empower him, there are other people he will control. They will be like his wings, they will be his feet, they will be his mouth, and they will be his eyes. They will be everywhere working for him. They are the ones who will strengthen the Antichrist's reign. They are the ones who will make the Antichrist rule easily. After John saw the beast coming from the sea, the Antichrist, he saw another beast coming from the earth. This second beast did not look like the first beast. Revelation 13, 12 through to 14. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed, and he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. The second beast has power, just like the first beast, but it works for the first beast. This beast will cause every man to worship the first beast. In fact, John said this beast would make an image of the first beast and bring life into it. All these things would make people worship the first beast, the Antichrist. The second beast is going to perform miracles. It is going to heal people. The second beast represents the false prophets. They are the wolves in sheep's clothing. They are the ones masquerading as an angel of light. They are the armies of the devil. They are the people of darkness. They are in the church today, preparing the way for their master, the Antichrist. Don't wait for the Antichrist to show up physically before you start believing the second beast is already working. The Bible has told us that the Antichrist has sent his spirit already into the world to possess people who will prepare the way for him. Wonder why Antichrist will have a soft landing? The second beast will make that happen. The spirit of the Antichrist is in the world today, and there is nothing you can do to stop it. You can only find ways to escape it and not be deceived by it. 1 John 4.3 And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. The spirit of the Antichrist already entered the world a long time ago. The spirit will not just enter when it's a few years into the emergence of the Antichrist. The spirit did not just enter yesterday. The spirit of the Antichrist entered the world the moment Jesus ascended into heaven. The false prophets have brought false doctrines into the church. They are wiping off the sound doctrine, and Christians are also going away from it. The false prophets have powers. 
Many of them can perform miracles because they need it to deceive people successfully. The Bible calls the workers of iniquity. Matthew 7, 22 and 23. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, we have prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Jesus doesn't recognize these people as his own. If you follow them or allow them to deceive you, you have allowed the spirit of the Antichrist to get to you. You have placed yourself on the path of hell, and you need to run from that dangerous path before it is too late. Many false prophets are out there operating under the influence of the spirit of the Antichrist. The Antichrist has empowered them to start working for him already. That is why the Bible says you must test the spirit. You, as a Christian, cannot go on accepting every spirit into your life. You cannot just let anyone lie to you and make you lose your way. You must test the spirit. Test the spirit with the word of God. Test the Spirit with the power of God. Test the Spirit through Christ. Test all spirits. 1 John 4, 1 Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. If anyone tells you not to test spirits because it would mean that you are tempting God, they lie to you. They are from the devil. The Bible says you must test spirits. It means to examine the words of the Spirit and weigh them using the standard, which is the Word of God. God will never change His words. If the words of that Spirit oppose the Word of God, it is the Spirit of the Antichrist, and it is here to prepare the way for the Antichrist. Don't leave yourself open to the false prophets. We are at a time when you need to open your eyes and your mind to the things happening around you. These false prophets are everywhere. You will meet them at some point in your life. They are here to establish the doctrines of demons. They will not do this announcing to you that they are for the devil. They will be the nicest people you ever know. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15 And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Don't make the mistake of thinking that the Antichrist would be working alone. He has an army with him, and they have gone before him to prepare the way. It is the desire of the Antichrist that people don't believe he has started working already. He likes it when you don't know what is going on around you spiritually. There are false pastors, bishops, apostles, evangelists, priests, and many other title holders in the church working for the Antichrist. 2 Timothy 4, 3 For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. One of the things you will first recognize about these people is that they speak anything that will please themselves and the congregation. If the congregation wants to hear that they can commit a particular sin, they will say it. If lies can keep people in the church, they will tell lies. These people are not speaking from the mind of God. They don't have the Holy Spirit. 
they are always in it for the money or the fame. These people don't care about you going to heaven or hell. They don't speak about hell and warn the Christians because they are afraid people will leave the church. They don't want to know what God wants for them. These people will lead people into hell. You can even see many of them making jokes about hell. And they say things that don't even make sense. They indirectly glorify Satan just to make themselves famous. You need to run from people like this, and you need to make sure you don't listen to them. They don't care if you go to hell or not. They just care about their pockets. They are not people you should follow. The false prophets are not the only ones who will be behind the Antichrist. Demons will be with him too. Familiar spirits will be working tirelessly for him. Spirits from the underworld will take over for him. When the second beast makes an image of the Antichrist, it is by the power of demons that the image comes to life. The demons will be seriously attacking people, making them yield to the demands of the Antichrist. The demons will manifest in many forms. If you look at the world now, you can see the manifestation of demons everywhere. Just as these false prophets are doing their works, these demons are doing theirs. They are all working for the Antichrist. That is what will make the Antichrist powerful. If you are consulting mediums, you are placing yourself under the control of these demons. They are winning your soul for the Antichrist. If you are going to sorcerers or fortune tellers, you are putting yourself under the control of demons. They will take your soul for the Antichrist. You must open your eyes to see what is happening now. You must know that it is a dangerous world already. You must understand that the presence of the Antichrist is here already. What the world is just waiting for is the physical appearance. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. If you cannot identify false spirits, the spirit of the Antichrist, and you obey it, there is a punishment for it. You are a Christian who is expected to be grounded in the Word of God. You are a Christian, and you ought to be strong in Jesus. Matthew 7, 24 and 25 Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. If you build on the word of God, you are building on Jesus. And when the spirit of the Antichrist comes to deceive you, you will stand strong. The punishment for worshipping the spirit of the Antichrist is eternal. If you allow yourself to be deceived by them, you will face their judgment too. If you don't run today, you will meet the wrath of God. What people commonly believe about the Antichrist is that he will simply appear and take over the world. He's not going to come into the world and overwhelm the world with his demonic charisma. The Bible tells us that his spirit is in the world, and his spirit is hard at work preparing the hearts of men for him, preparing society and culture for him. Look at these two verses. 1 John 
And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. And even now already is it in the world. And even now already is it in the world. And 2 Thessalonians 2.7 For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Is already at work. Is already at work. But the one who now restrains it will continue until he is taken out of the way. It's already started, but people don't see it yet. The two verses I have just read tell us that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. Whilst the Christian world has been looking for the Antichrist himself to take center stage, Satan has been pouring out the spirit of the Antichrist to go out into the world and prepare the way for him, to create a society and culture that is ready to worship him. I have said this once, and I believe it is worth saying again. I believe one of the biggest supporters of the Antichrist will be the Christian church, which is spoken of in 1 Timothy 4, verses 1-2. through 2. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. This is the church that will welcome him and support him, and will endorse him when he comes. Because this type of church is not a part of the body of Jesus Christ, but is a part of the body of the Antichrist. Have you not seen how churches are cropping up teaching things completely contrary to the word of God? Completely and utterly against the word of God. These churches are not birthed by the Holy Spirit. They are birthed by the spirit of the Antichrist. I could go as far as saying that the spirit of the Antichrist is going across the world planting churches. The Antichrist wants to integrate himself fully into the world system, especially the church. By the time he comes, people will be ready. By the time he is revealed, people's hearts would have received him. He won't be an alien to the world. He will be a part of the culture. He will be a part of the very fabric of society. A lot of believers of these days think the Antichrist will just come and overpower the world. But no, no. His spirit will prepare the world and the church to accept him when he comes. Now in this sermon, we're going to focus on how the spirit of the Antichrist is going to prepare the way for the Antichrist in the church. The Technique of the Antichrist The first method is through false prophets. Matthew 24, verses 4-5 through says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Matthew 24, 11, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Jesus told you and I to be aware of false prophets. Not everyone who stands up on a pulpit is a follower of Christ. Not everyone who has a large following is a follower of Christ. Be careful who you listen to. Don't just allow anyone to preach to you. Don't open up your ears to everyone. Let me put my point across to you. What is the spirit behind false prophets? When they are preaching to you, what spirit are they filled with? They are filled with the spirit of Antichrist. Now my point is this. Imagine time after time you are constantly listening to false prophets sponsored by the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist will slowly move you away from the right path. And this is happening to so many people. Jesus said, Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Ensure you are not a part of those that will be deceived. The second method 
The spirit of the Antichrist will force himself into the hearts of many churches because many will have itching ears. 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 through 4 says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. We are in the days that people will chase after their desires shamelessly. Their ears are blocked to the truth, and their hearts repel conviction from that originating from God's word. They prefer to be taught lies. They want pastors who will tell them they have the liberty to sin. Rather than being taught the fundamentals of the Christian faith, they prefer to be taught ten rules of success, freedom to sin, and all sorts. People want to hear things that make them feel good and appeal to their sensory desires. It doesn't matter if it's in accordance with God's word. What matters is how it makes them feel. The gospel message is not there for your self-esteem. The gospel message is not there for your self-glorification. The gospel message is not there for you to buy a Lamborghini. But the gospel message is there to deliver you from the power of sin. The gospel message is true. If Jesus Christ is alive, you can't live as though he is dead. If God has spoken, you can't live as though he hadn't. If the Bible is true, you can't put yourself in a place where you don't read it or listen to it. If the gospel is so, you can't live like anybody who thinks it isn't so. Do you submit to Jesus Christ? Do you accept the message as true truth? Do you accept the message in such a way that you put your whole weight upon it for your acceptance and your standing with God? If the gospel message is about sin as it is, then you can't love sin. If sin is so awful that God must condemn it, either in the sinner or in his son, then you can't live loving sin. Any church that avoids the subject of sin, or encourages a sinful lifestyle, is energized by the very spirit of the Antichrist. It is energized by the very man of sin spoken of in 2 Thessalonians 2.3. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, and I quote, There is nothing that surprises me and astonishes me anymore about so many people within the church, about the way in which they dislike the doctrine of sin. And they say, why must you always be pressing sin? My friend here is the answer. Sin is a problem as great as this, that it necessitated the action of the three persons in the Blessed Holy Trinity to deal with it. It is the only explanation. Sin is such a profound problem that it involves all that to deal with it. Sin is not a simple problem. It is not a light problem. No, no. Sin is as profound a problem as this. That a council was held before time, that the Son had come into the world from eternity and had to go through the suffering of the cross to deal with sin. As God's children, we must always walk in discernment. By God's Spirit, we should censor our thoughts and desires. What are those things we long to hear? Why do we listen to the preachers we listen to? Is it because they strengthen our root in God, or because they make us feel good? Is it because they develop our relationship with God, or because they make us motivated? To prepare the world for his imminent reign, the Antichrist has dispensed numerous false preachers into the world to satisfy the craving of many people. False prophets who don't speak of sin. False prophets who encourage the congregation to live and stay in their sin. The Antichrist is on a mission to saturate the world with his system as much as he can. If we, the saints, are not sensitive as we ought to be, 
we will be blown away by the devil's deception. The final method the Antichrist spirit is using to prepare the church for it to accept him is through persecution. Mark 13 verses 9 and 13 say, You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. The world will change, and there will come a time where it won't be easy to be a Christian. Those of us who live in a first world country like America, Canada, or the United Kingdom, and a lot of other nations, it's been relatively easy for us to be Christian in these countries for centuries, in comparison to other countries. There are countries where it will cost you your life for confessing Christ. But in this country we live in, we don't face that level of persecution. But the Bible tells us it won't be like that forever. In the last days, the world will be against the church and laws of God, and not everyone will be able to stand the persecution. We can see already the church today is being persecuted in many subtle ways. Can you not see it? The believer is now caught in the middle of two worlds. We are often tempted to let down our standards for the sake of acceptance. And that is the plan of the Antichrist spirit. He wants to lower the standards of the church from the word of God to the standard to the laws of this world. A man who will be friends with God will definitely be an enemy of the world. As John 15, 19 says, If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. If we give in to the pressure here, we'd share the same fate as unbelievers in the end. Our reward lies in enduring the persecution and rejection from the world. Therefore, let your focus be on the reward ahead and not the present pain. How do we prepare against this? As our Lord Jesus left the world, he promised us the gift of the Holy Spirit to guide us and help us walk through the world. The only way we can remain steadfast in these last days is by drawing from the wisdom and strength of the Holy Spirit. When we are sensitive to him and led by him, it will be impossible for us to fall for the scheme of the spirit of the Antichrist. As all activities on earth wrap up for the coming of the Antichrist, we must also stand firm and remain on the alert for the coming of our Lord Jesus. This is a consciousness we have to maintain as we sojourn on earth. Even as we consciously put in the effort, we should also put our trust in the one who has called us. He is faithful to uphold us. Jude confirms this in his epistle to the church. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and will present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to he only wise God, our Savior. Jude 24 and 25.